Much former President uh, Donald Trump uh, spoke after spending all day at a civil uh, fraud trial in New York. But uh, let's uh, take a listen. He's uh, speaking live right now. And it shouldn't go forward. The other thing we're asking is that, uh, and we're asking actually the media to look at, we won, as you know, in the Court of Appeals, and the judge refuses to honor that victory. This is the first that anybody can find. When you win in the Court of Appeals, the judge has no choice but to honor it. This judge uh, didn't. This was like something happened a number of years ago where a developer had zoning, and the zoning was done and completed, and this judge didn't like the zoning, so he uh, vetoed it, and he said he's not going to allow the building to be built, and then uh, the Court of Appeals overturned him. But uh, this is a case that should have never been brought. This is a witch hunt. This is election interference at a level that has never seen before. It comes out of the DOJ and the White House uh, in order to hurt a, a political opponent. And actually, it's driving up my pulse because the people of our country get it. Our poll numbers are the highest I've ever had. And the people of our country get it. It's a disgrace to America. Thank you very much. All right. So uh, there is Donald Trump uh, with his uh, typical reaction to being in court. Let's bring back uh, CNN's uh, Kristen Holmes. Kristen, uh, Donald Trump uh, complaining about uh, the court case. We should note he didn't have to be there today um, at all. He went there for what reason then? Jake, part of the reason of going today was to draw attention to the witness that was on the stand. This is somebody that Donald Trump's own lawyers brought in. It was an accountant who, as we heard from our court reporters, essentially backed up Donald Trump's case. It was a witness who would have generally flown low under the radar, but because Donald Trump was there, he wanted to bring attention to it. It's also a way for him to prepare for his testimony, which is expected to be on Monday when his lawyers call him to the stand again. Now, the other thing to note here is that Donald Trump in this statement did not actually bring up the attorney general, Letitia James, or the judge in the case. He instead linked this to the other cases that he is facing and said that he was actually a victim of Joe Biden's, in which there is no indication that Biden's Justice Department has anything to do with this case. But as we have discussed time and time again, this is his way of campaigning, of going out there saying this is political. And this is also his way of trying to change the messaging about democracy and put it on Joe Biden, saying he's out for a political opponent. Uh, Ellie Honig, it makes sense why the lawyers would do it this way, because now they they can ask him more, he can say more, but what does he risk being on that stand? Well, look, first of all, any competent lawyer on the planet would tell Donald Trump, you are taking the fifth, you are not taking the stand. And Alina Habba's explanation there makes no sense. She says, the reason I advised him not to take the stand is because you have a gag order. That gag order applies equally outside, yeah. inside and outside the courtroom. It makes no difference if he's on the stand. The reason you tell Donald Trump you're not taking the stand is you have four pending indictments, and anything he says in this case on the stand can absolutely be used against him. So by taking the stand, he risks anything that the AG's office wants to cross-examine him on. Remember, they're gonna go second here, right? His own lawyers are gonna question him first, but then the AG's lawyers get to stand up and they can cross-examine him, not necessarily on anything in the world, but on anything relating to this case, which gets into his finances, which are relevant to, for example, the hush money case. So he's absolutely taking a risk by taking the stand. Natasha, the, the way that the legal and political have crashed into one another here pretty dramatically and are going to more so in, in the months ahead. We've talked about it constantly, but I'm intrigued, 
Trump has clearly fully embraced this as a campaign yeah. strategy. Is that because he has no other option or because they think it's working? I mean, I think it's a, it's a dream opportunity, right? So many Americans are consumed with just trying to survive in the economy. They're getting their kids to school. They're making <laughs> breakfast. They're not keeping up with every single charge. I don't even think they could explain to you all of the charges. But they do pay attention when a soundbite goes viral. Uh, when Donald Trump uses his charisma and his skill to speak directly to MAGA supporters and to make himself a victim. So again, I think this is a dream opportunity. He may not even listen to legal advice if it, it was the right advice. This is about the campaign. This is an opportunity for him to leave that lasting final word. Like, well, what about with voters in a mm -hmm. state like Iowa? They really care about you being there. Mm -hmm. They really care about you spending time with them and shaking hands. Same thing in New Hampshire. And he is saying, yeah, outside yesterday, the courtroom. I could be in Iowa, I could be in New Hampshire, I'm here, yeah. et cetera. A smart political calculation for those two first states? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think so. I, you're right about Iowans, and, and Trump was penalized a little bit in 2016 for skipping yeah. a debate there. Uh, this time is a little bit different. I mean, this is a, in 2016, there was a Republican Party in transition. It, now this now is it's eight his years. Party? Now it's his party. Uh, and we've seen uh, over the course of the year, I mean, it's, it's a little hard to remember, but just at the beginning of this year, he and DeSantis, uh, the governor of Florida, were, were, were neck and neck in polls. Trump has solidified his standing in polls, and, and largely in part because of these indictments, these investigations, and these trials. And the way this calendar lines up, um, this could only help him. It, it looks like it can help him moving forward. The civil trial looks like it'll wrap up uh, right before Iowa. Uh, another, uh, the opening of a, of a civil trial into a defamation case uh, against uh, uh, involving Eugene Carroll, yep. whether he owes. Her money starts the day after Iowa. Uh, the subversion trial um, in Washington is set to start right on, uh, on Super Tuesdays, <laughs> one of the most important uh, dates. Th these could help Trump in the primary. Now, how these play out with general election voters is going to be a, a whole other question we'll watch for the next you know, six yeah. months. Caitlin, something I've been curious about as I've watched him with this civil case, do, is there a differentiation between how he can act in this being a civil case versus what Mike's talking about, March 4th, the launch of the subversion case, as it currently is scheduled the day before Super Tuesday, is a federal case. That case put new restrictions on him or different restrictions on him in terms of being able to do these types of press conferences every yeah. day. It all depends on the judge. Um, one of the things that is different in this case than others is that there are cameras um, right outside the courtroom catching him coming in and out talking. There's not cameras in the courtroom showing him on the stand. In the Georgia Fulton County case, uh, there will be cameras in the courtroom if and when that goes to trial. Eventually, I don't believe there's a date set yet firmly. In federal court, there are no cameras inside the building, period, ever, not going to happen, to my very deep disappointment. Same. Um, <laughs> right? We're all aligned on this. <laughs> Thank you. Samesies. Appreciate that. Um, but there are a lot of different approaches that judges take to this. In this case, he has not just tried to filibuster his responses to prosecutors when he was on the stand before. He also tried to make it about how the judge was being so unfair to right. him. This judge, that dynamic is one that's particular to this case. He has a very different dynamic with Judge Eileen Cannon in the federal court in Florida. They are not adversarial at this point, at least between his lawyers and, and her so far. Got a lot of rulings they like from her. Uh, in federal court in Washington, Judge Tanya Chutkin, 
She doesn't, um, she doesn't let a lot of things slide. She is having really tight deadlines. She's being very strict. Um, and so her tolerance for, for shenanigans might not be very high. I don't know if Caitlin realizes this. She's going to be our human camera inside the yeah. federal courtroom. And this is how we're going to find Trust out me, about she it. she knows. <laughs> Thank you guys very much. <laughs>